Hello and welcome. I'm Danny. This is the Ice Planet Podcast, and you know what we do here. Uh, this is the podcast where we read every book in Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarian series, and then I chat about it with a different guest. This week, prepare. It is going to get messy. I am discussing Josie's book, Barbarian's Mate, with Molly from the Black Chick Lit Podcast. Now, if you do not know, the Black Chick Lit Podcast is like my OG podcast. I've been working on that one for like four years. We have a lot of fun on that podcast. We also get really inappropriate sometimes. Um, I was really excited to invite Molly to participate in this one. She is a newbie to romance, and I don't think she's read much sci-fi romance. So I was really excited to have her read this one. A longer version of this episode has been posted to the Black Chick Lit Feed. It's somehow even messier, um, and it goes a bit more in detail as to the basics of the Ice Planet Barbarian series, you know, like who the suck we are, how the culture works, how the women got there, yada, yada. Because on that feed, that's an audience who may or may not be aware of how the series works. So this episode on this feed is a bit shorter. But if you want more of that messiness, I invite you to go check out that episode. Um, you can find Black Chick Lit wherever you get your podcast. We are also on Twitter at Black Chick Lit. Um, some new business before we get into the episode. I want to give everyone a heads up. There will be no new episode next week. Um, I've sort of overestimated my ability to get these episodes up on a weekly basis. So I need a week to just sort of catch up, get things where they need to be so we can, so we can keep moving forward. Things were really interesting on the Twitter this week. There was a lot happening in terms of discussion. You probably have noticed I can't pronounce a damn thing. I have changed the pronunciation of qui two or three times. And the more I think about it, the less certain I am of the proper pronunciation. We sort of discussed that on the feed. I swear, I'm not an idiot. I know how to read. I'm just, I don't know, not a broadcast person. So we discussed the proper pronunciation of qui. I, for the longest, and still do, thought it was qui. But then for the cootie pun to work, shouldn't it have to be cooey? And that's where I just like sort of psyched myself out. And now I don't even know what it's pronounced. Um, qui, coo. According to Molly and other people, there have been a couple pronunciations said on the audiobook, which I, I'm prone to believe. Um, another example of this is Haydn's name, Hayden Haydn's, which has also been pronounced a couple different ways. There is a pronunciation guide in the back of the book that it says it's Haydn. Um, just a spoiler alert, we say Hayden this whole episode. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sure if you are any sort of classy individual listening to me, muddle my way through hosting this you're like this girl can't speak and uh, you're not too wrong to be perfectly honest i also sort of related to last week's episode i was really left affected by um the discussion of whether or not it was okay of saluk to let josie make that run to the south cave so if you're just listening in in book six or if you forgot in book six there is the news that this giant blizzard is coming and like we have to tell the members, tribe members in the main caves and the south caves. Taoshin runs to the main cave. Josie takes the south caves, which is supposed to be a shorter route. And Funmi on the last episode had a big problem with this. And I thought it was funny. She was like, that could have been an easy jaunt for Saluk to finish. Instead, he got our girl Josie out here in this this cold and blizzard where she could get lost, she could get attacked. And, you know, people felt a certain way about it. I put up a poll to see um, what the group thought of that decision. And so I asked, how do we feel about Saluk letting Josie make that run into the South Caves alone? And the options were 
boo, she could have died. Yay, Tiffany needed him. Or, you know, a lackluster, meh, it all worked out. Um, you all are my people because you went with the wishy-washy route, which was meh, it all worked route, worked out, 48%. Um, but a good, you know, quarter went to boo, she could have died. And another quarter went to yay, Tiffany needed him. Now I'm repeating all of this because this poll did not get a lot of comments, but the one it did was quality. <laughs> so Lady Ambrosia at Lady Ambrosia 18 replied to the poll by saying, Josie left so Tiffany can face it and I'm okay with that. <laughs> and honestly, I love that so much. That just resolved the whole problem. I kind of want to make a bumper sticker out of, <laughs> out of that tweet alone. So there we go. Um, as always, if you have any feedback, comments, questions, concerns, if you want to yell at me because I still, six episodes into this thing, cannot say words like Kui or Kui or Hayden or Hayden, you can do that by emailing me at contact at iceplanetpod.com or you can tweet the podcast at iceplanetpod. Um, and that's about it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. No. So let's get into it. Be sure, as always, to stay afterwards to listen to the end. Uh, well, I will share who will be up next, who our next guest will be. Um, thanks, guys. Enjoy. <laughs> the ice planet podcast this is a podcast where i read every single one of ruby dixon's ice planet barbarians books and then talk about it with a friend or fellow romance reader this episode we have a very familiar or maybe maybe it's not familiar maybe people don't know i have a familiar podcasting partner molly hey hey from the black chick lit podcast which if you don't know is another podcast i co i host or work co-host because molly's my full-time She's the full-time partner on Black Chicklet. Yeah. You don't switch out like I'm doing on this one. Yeah. Hi, Molly. Hi, Danny. <laughs> I am very happy. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very happy you agreed to join me on this because you can kind of hear in real time on the Black Chicklet podcast my initial <laughs> discovery <laughs> and consumption of these books. You, you can because <laughs> I think I mentioned it in one of our what are we reading segments you did and then I, ha I had to know more and then you sent me pictures of the covers and it just from there so went on exactly and this is and now this podcast is being made so <laughs> so where can people or I guess I don't want to but like we do the Black Chicklet podcast mm -hmm. tell people you want to tell people a little bit about what that's about yeah so um, Danny and I have hosted Black Chicklet for the past three and a half almost four years um, and initially um, so we know each other from college um, we lived in the same dorm um, and we both uh, we just had so many things in common that after <laughs> We moved on. We like stayed in touch and, you know, have been in each other's lives. You were at my wedding last year. Um, so sweet. I cried. <laughs> and um, uh, one of the things that we always bonded over were, uh, well, two of the things were books and being like completely belligerent about 
race and racism. <laughs> and so we always kind of knew, like, we both love podcasts and we knew kind of we wanted to do something together. And you came up with the idea of a book podcast um, where we focused on books that are written by, about, and for Black women. And um, people always say to me, like, how do you find enough books? <laughs> that's, the, that's why we're doing and it. That's it's why we're doing it. Um, so we, um, uh, you know, we'll read a book and we'll talk about it. We also do some bonus episodes where we get really off topic. Um, <laughs> we, in almost every review we've ever had, they say we drink too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just been so much fun to work on this project with Danielle. So when she said that she was doing, um, <laughs> you know, this spinoff or this ice, you know, this book about these, like, these aliens that we fuck it. I'm sorry, can I curse on here? We curse. Yes, okay. okay. I mean, I don't know how you can't get through this and not just use some explicit language. Yes. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Black Chicklet, we curse a lot. So I apologize. <laughs> That's not quite the tone for you guys. I'll try to keep it down. But you know, um, I got to be me and I got to say what's in my heart. So when Danielle asked me to do this podcast with her, I was like, really touched that she would think to include me and just really excited because I've been hearing her talk about these books for a minute and I knew I wanted to <laughs> to see what was going on. And I just needed to like hear Molly's reaction because she has surprised me with some of her reactions to books. I think my <laughs> favorite moment from our previous podcast is when you admitted to really enjoying this could be us, but you play it. Like, <laughs> that's one of our episodes we did on an urban lit title. And you can hear me react in real time to finding out Molly's Just the, Yeah, when I said so, I bought the second book in the series, like, the disappointment in Daniel's voice, I could feel it, like, coming through the internet at me. I was just concerned about, like, your money, your money situation, because those books weren't cheap. And you know, I think all together it was like twenty dollars. I made foolish money decisions before, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just mad. Like they're not even giving you a complete story. Like for twenty dollars, I better get a beginning, middle, oh, and end. It was not twenty dollars. I think it was <laughs> six dollars. Like thirteen? Yeah. I bought the I bought the first one for ninety nine cents. <laughs> the second okay. one for, for six dollars. <laughs> I, I don't think the- I'm good. Okay, I thought the third one was like 13 bucks. I didn't like buy the, the third one. The chart of the prices of these books is... It's like a straight line up. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's sort of how I discovered it. Molly was there through my initial discovery. <laughs> and my, I don't know what feelings to to ascribe to how what started out as an irony reading eventually turned into me doing it like earnestly. But I think you we were there for part of it. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, Molly, I have to get you. So I invited Molly to come and read Barbarian's Mate, which is the sixth book in the series. Um, and I invited her to read this one because this was the first one in the series I ever read. I read them out of order. Okay. And I just thought it'd be fun to have you mimic that experience. <laughs> okay. Because so, I think these books, I will give them this. She does a good job at like briefly explaining what the hell is going on. So even if you're sort of thrown in, there might be some initial confusions, but you catch up pretty well on like the basics. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she threw you in. So this book is book six. It is Josie and I'm going to mispronounce his name every which way in this book. I think it's Hayden. 
I may possibly call him Haydn. I'm not entirely sure which one it is. I haven't listened to the audio in a while. I did this read um, on the book. So this is Josie and Hayden's book. Okay. And it occurs, we have just finished Tiffany's book. So Josie is our last single lady. Okay. It, yeah. And she's not happy about it. Ooh. Josie so thirsty. <laughs> she, the previous book, the main character is like, he's looking at her and he's like, that one does not hide her feelings. It's plain for all to see. And I was like, sir, you come from a race of people who are thirsty AF. Give her a little slack. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> so I would like to get your initial thoughts, Molly, on the Ice Planet world. As a newbie, is this your first sci-fi romance title? Um, Because I'm not sure. You've done your own. Like, you've gone off. I was so proud. You've gone off and read other titles that yeah, I didn't know about. Yeah, I did read one, um sci-fi romance book that now I can't remember the name of. <laughs> it was like something where there was like a big forest field and it was keeping people on two sides of a mountain but then like the guy sneaks through and then they, they like fuck. But I can't remember it. Like, too much more about it than that. It was sometime last year. So I guess it's my second one. Now are you are you categorizing this as romance or erotica? Because it's absolutely my first sci-fi erotica. I would classify it as romance, honestly. Okay. Because even as... I just think it's a very explicit romance. Okay. I think even with all the sex, there's still an emphasis on, like, telling the emotional story. Okay. Whereas there are other stories I've read that are erotica where it's like, no, we're just here for the... We're just here for the sex. Okay, that's so fair. Those are, yeah, the emotional journey... Or the emotional side of the story does not get as much emphasis. Okay. So I think it's a very explicit <laughs> romance, like on a steam level, but I don't think it's full on erotica. Okay. All right. Did you think, you think like, I gave you this alien romat- erotica to read? Yeah. Roma- I almost said erotica. erotica. I like which that. I think, which I think is it. I think that's what we're going to do. I like that. The new genre. Alien <laughs> romatica. <laughs> um... So, yeah, it was definitely, um, I mean, you had prepped me a lot, <laughs> but still I was not prepared. Because, <laughs> yeah, it, it, Ruby Dixon's not here to play. You're here to get the entire, and I think part of it for me, we haven't discussed this much in the epi- other episodes, mm-hmm. is the language. Okay. Like, they are very upfront. She's like very, like, it's not coy. The language isn't coy. Yeah. These words like and cock yeah oh <laughs> and like my it, god what's his name talks about his cock so much it's like <laughs> he can't go two sentences like he's walking down the street and he's like my cock fell out of my britches or whatever <laughs> it's like and um okay so me and danielle are black and i don't know about like other black people but i feel like cock is not a word that we use very frequently I would think, like, I usually, I tend to say dick. I say dick. Like, dick, yeah. dick to me feels, it feels friendly, you know? Dick is like, dick is like, they come over, you're going to cook together, you might watch Downton Abbey, and then you'll sleep together, like, on the boring episodes after What's-Her-Name dies. Cock is like, just, bam! Bam! It's in your face. It is, it is... Large and in charge, and I just felt like that was like just a cultural thing where I was like, "Wow, these aliens be fucking." 
Exactly. And I think that's part. And like, also, like, I don't get the use of the word cunt either, but like, that is the only word. Well, she that, teaches, yeah. she, she teaches, we'll get into it. She teaches the younger one, the word vagina, but like, yeah. well, no other point. No, <laughs> at one point she says pussy and Hayden is like, cause I listened to the audiobook. He's like, pussy. <laughs> So yeah, so the language, I think that like, just, she just, she's not using euphemisms. No. She's like, this is what it is. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And she's also very descriptive about like, what's happening, even when they're not together, what's happening. Yeah. There. Like Josie will always be like, my pussy's so warm or whatever she, or right. so wet or whatever she says. It's like, you're sitting by the fire eating dinner, Josie. Like, yeah, like wrapped in fur and some leather, like. I don't know, tunic or something. It's like, you might get a little hot, girl. <laughs> so it's very explicit. But I mean, hey, that's what we're here for, I guess. <laughs> so what did you think of? I would like your insight as a sci-fi reader. Molly on our podcast is the sci-fi expert. <laughs> and so I asked her, like, anytime I read a sci-fi, I'm like, is this crappy? What is your opinion on the world building of what you got? Because you did read the book out of order, yeah. sort of. Uh, and you came in sort of late, but like, what did you think? Yeah, I, I did have like a lot of questions. Like, chief amongst them was like, how all these ladies got into space? They were abducted. Okay, so they were on Earth and they were abducted. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were just like a team of like sexy lady astronauts who crashed <laughs> or got like you know taken over by another ship or something. Like that was my honest feeling about what it but if they were all like abducted that i guess makes a little bit more sense and so my understanding is that the blue aliens are also not native to this planet right (laughs) because they all have something this like animorph (laughs) slug in their chest that makes them horny (laughs) yes so they have a coo cooey is that how you say it because they say it five different ways in the audiobook I was about to say I say it five different ways. I was editing some of the other episodes. And I think I call it Quee at some yeah. points. I refuse to say Cootie because I, I hate that. Josie says Cootie a lot. The Quee or the Cootie, they get that because it helps them breathe the toxic atmosphere. Yes. Okay. So you're right. They need that to survive. And apparently every living creature on the planet has one. So all, like even the Yeti monsters. <laughs> yes. Even the Yeti so, monsters. okay. So, okay. So this, the Cooey. The, the he wants them to to mate. To... It's like a side effect, I would say. Oh, okay. I see. I thought he wanted them to mate to reproduce, so his like brothers could have more people to live on. <laughs> Ooh. See, now I had not considered. But you what? You're right. The perpetuation of other species encourages the perpetuation of its own species. Right. Because I'm I'm honestly trying to understand why this cooey wants them to, to sleep together so much. <laughs> Like, what's in it for you, guy? Okay. I, I think I got it. I think my head is sufficiently wrapped around it. I think you're the first person I've spoken with who is completely new to this whole... Oh, yeah. yeah. I think most other people, they'd heard of it, and they'd read a few. Yeah, no, but this I'm like, is the first one. I'm going in totally blank. I was going to say, I dropped you in cold. Just <laughs> tossed you in. Drop, kick you into this universe. So... <laughs> So yeah, so that's what's happening. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Were there all the questions? Was there another question I can answer, Re? I think I think, or... I think those are the big questions that I had. <laughs> yeah. I do like your theory of this 
manipulative like worm. It's like, hey, <laughs> oh, it's, it's a all- worm. That's how I picture it, like a glowing, long glowing yeah. worm. Have you seen um, Futurama? I've seen a couple episodes. Which one are you talking about? They have like kind of a green goo thing that sits on your head. <laughs> and it like takes over your brain. And I honestly just thought about that the whole time. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. So okay. this, again, we said this is a book about Josie and Hayden. They had been introduced in other books. Okay. Josie is, um, she's really tiny. I don't know why that's what I think. That, that'll become important later, actually. So hold on to that fact. Yeah, I think I know why they made her tiny. <laughs> she's very tiny. She had a rough childhood. Um, and she's she really wants a family. So we know in the other books, she like, like I said, that one guy is just like looking at her like she's very obvious. Um, and then we have Hayden, who in every book leading up to this one, everyone is just like, yeah, there's Hayden. He's the asshole. <laughs> like, people will actively run up and they'll be like, like, like someone I think doesn't sit, like someone like escapes or runs away and someone makes a joke that like, well, she probably just didn't want to be in the same room as her. <laughs> so. Rude. Yes. <laughs> very rude. He is kind of a dick. I will say that. Um, he is. Yeah. But we learn more about his backstory. So they, he and Josie had had sort of had this tension in the previous books where they don't like each other. Um, and so it kind of comes to a head here. So when it starts, they're all celebrating Tiffany's residence. So Tiffany was the heroine of the previous book. Okay, Tiffany, so. who seems like everybody loves her and is like the world's greatest. Am I reading that right? Pretty much. In the previous book, like, and you know what? This is some real shade against Josie. In the previous book, um, people, like the single men were like literally competing in games <laughs> for the opportunity to take Tiffany to like, to visit a cave or something like they were like actively going against it. All these men were like vying for her suit and all this stuff. And I don't know, Josie's sitting here and she's just by herself. No one gives a fuck. So Josie's sitting there feeling kind of on her lonesome. Um, and she's getting painted by Farley, who is um, a young, sort of like a young teen. Okay. So I like this part. So she's sitting there feeling bad for herself. She's the only single lady. Apparently no one gives a fuck. Like I said, people were, fist fighting for <laughs> Tiffany but no one gives a fuck about Josie and she stands up and I think it's literally like clink yeah her IUD falls out I want to I want to talk about this go right ahead first of all did she have pants on she didn't have pants they like slid down the leg of her leather leggings how which, whew, much do you gotta not be able to feel your IUD fall out until it's on the floor like <laughs> you know like I feel like I feel like you notice it coming down your leg even right before it even got out the seam of your pants you're saying like what is that does she have super duper hearing but like super numb legs like what's going on like it's cold it, it can't be that cold girl <laughs> she's just like what is that oh shit it's my IUD the fuck <laughs> And she had been been waiting for this because she knows that her fertility is tied to her resonating. So she Uh, can't have a baby. She can't resonate. So she knows this IUD is what's keeping her from resonating. And she just really wants to resonate. Yeah. She, she for real, for real wants a baby. Like (laughs) yesterday. Yes. She, but when that thing falls out and she picks it up and I just like picture her like hugging it to her chest and like celebrating. Thank you, Cooey. 
it's the it's the start of a book. Let me tell you, it, it is a, it is a bang of a way to start a start a book. <laughs> it's just like what, <laughs> and then after that, her titties start jiggling. <laughs> That's how she knows, right? I don't think we're there yet because what she does is like she's super hype. She can resonate. So she basically uh-huh. just starts like walking around the camp, pointing her boobs at all the single men trying to see who she'll react to. And like, that is not an exaggeration. She starts asking people, she's like asking for every single man and then she'll just stand near them. Yeah. Waiting to see if she resonates. And when she doesn't, she's like, Oh shoot. Which I mean, yes. you know what? She knows what she wants and she's going out to get it and make it yeah. happen. She wants that. She wants that uh, blue dick. Their dicks have a spur, which I'm sure you've oh, discovered. I, I don't remember that from this. <laughs> it's like a little, I don't even know how to describe it, like a uh, appendage above the dick <laughs> that apparently is like human thumb sized. And like, it's supposed to like stimulate the clitoris, basically. And that's where I lost Molly. That's <laughs> I just, I realized, like, I just lean forward in my seat. Just, just, hmm. Yeah. So when you said, can I curse? Oh, yeah. That will not even be. I see. I see. Yeah. This is the kind of podcast you're running over here. <laughs> it's a very big uh, mood, uh, mood whiplash from uh, Black Chiclet. That's true. We don't true. get this explicit over there. That's true. I mean, is it though? I don't know. I guess we did talk about... <laughs> Uh, nacho, nacho cheese, cheese dick. On dick. <laughs> and like on how that's the un- yeah yeah that was a hallmark scene. yeah nothing in this book was more off-putting than that so yeah so no there's no nacho cheese on dicks in the series just think of the birds oh my god and this is kind of i guess you know they're out in the snow so <laughs> okay okay so he is um the brooding Heathcliff. <laughs> With a tragic backstory. Yes. With a tragic backstory. Okay. Where do you want to go from here? This is your, I'm a, I'm a guest here. You're like, I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> so she's walked around the camp, pointing her boobs at everyone, trying to see who reacts. She's disappointed. It's not Hassan. She's, she finds Tasha. It's not him. And then I don't know if, if she like, she doesn't go looking for him. I think Hayden just walks up and boom, she resonates and she yeah. is not Tim happy about it. bouncing all over the place. That's how, that's how I knew my husband was, um, <laughs> you the one for me too. <laughs> so she's not happy about it. He doesn't seem all that ecstatic about it either. So they go to talk, they go out to talk and she's basically like, I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> He's like, okay, we'll see how long that works. Because what they say, like the residence basically just makes you like really horny. Yeah. Like but what super happen- horny. <laughs> yes. And what happens is when it doesn't get its way, it also starts to make you sick. Yeah. Like, so she like, people lose weight. She, she's take, she takes to the bed at one point. Well, she's just like in a heap on the floor, like in a closet <laughs> at one point. <laughs> she is, because she can't go back to her room because t- cause she and Tiffany were rooming together. Oh, as they were in the single ladies room but then Tiffany resonated which is why I'm like you know what that's still the single ladies room and Josie is still the single lady really they need to go get yeah Yeah, they need to get a new cave exactly (laughs) Josie's out here sleeping with the the dog in the (laughs) dog's room (laughs) 
Uh, um, what have the reactions been to the the Kui and Residence so far? Because I had some thoughts about it. So the book sort of handles it different ways. This is the first one where it's two unwilling people um, <laughs> who don't want to resonate. But there have been histories. So like there's another character. We learned his parents were actually that kind of like situation where they resonated. His mom wasn't down. She's like, I'm not doing this. But they still had the baby, but then they split up afterwards. Interesting. Because apparently the saying is resonance cannot be denied. Interesting. Because it definitely yes. puts a weird spin on it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I know that I had heard, like, the books are very sex positive and very, like, um, consent positive and, like, all that from mm-hmm. you as you were reading them. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I read this, I was like, whoa, I don't know. For a long time, it felt real icky because mm-hmm. she's, like, super, like, she's not just into it, like, she would rather die at some point than be with Aiden. And so, yeah. he's just kind of like, well, they said that we're resonating, so I gotta fuck you. <laughs> and it's like, it seems like it's so weird because it seems like at first he was kind of like, um, uh, well, I just, uh, like, he does a 180. Like, he didn't like her, didn't like her, didn't like her. Then his cooey starts shaking. And, um... Then he's like, okay, we gotta fuck. But I guess, like, they had, he had picked up on it a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had been trying to deny it. But it's still, it, I don't know, it just, it kind of towed that line for me. It's like, it, it's definitely interesting to think about, like, you know, desire being something that's literally alien to you that you can't control. Um, but then it gets into, like, these weird questions, like, okay, if, you know, the Kui wasn't there, would she have ever gotten with Hayden? Um, Which is, yeah, valid. Yeah, and then how much of it is her, um, you know, realizing that this is someone that she could love versus her just, like, literally not wanting to die on this (laughs) ice planet. They're both sort of upset about being resonated to each other Mm -hmm. and i think hayden's whole deal is because he has like this tragic backstory where he had resonated before and he had resonated to a woman who was much older than him which just sounds all kind of awkward um who already had like a lover and she was like look at this scrawny teenager i'm not about to deal with this so she rejected him and he never got to fulfill resonance with her because the sickness came it killed his cooey killed her Killed her lover. Killed her lover. So he never got to, um, he never got to fulfill that situation. So he has this like tragic past. He's also sort of afraid by how fragile the humans seem to be. Because again, Josie is the size of Polly Pocket. (laughs) (laughs) And when she found her, she had like a broken leg. So he's also afraid about like her dying and being lost to him. Right. Because he says like how horrible it is. So his tragic backstory, I don't know. I mean, like it kind of sucks. It's, it's, it's interesting because like his ex is definitely painted as kind of a villain, right? But then it's like- I don't think so. I kind of thought so. And then it's like, you put yourself in her shoes and it's like, you're this like mature lady (laughs) who has a lover whose life is going just fine. And then all of a sudden you're resonating with this young dude that you're not, you have no interest in. And then it's kind of like, okay, it's the- are you like somehow to blame then for what's happened to him, even though you had no 
real say in wanting to be with him. Like you explicitly say, hey, dude, I don't want to sleep with you. Now, did she have to rub it all in his face? No. Like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> did she have to sleep with him just because like the cooey is shaken? I, I don't know. It felt just kind of like, again, I, I, thought, I don't know. I thought it was presented as like a sucky situation for him. Uh-huh. Like she wasn't actually a villain. Like it was a sucky situation for him, but she's not a terrible person because she doesn't want to sleep with this teenager who like, you know, when she's got a mature lover of her own. Right. And then and you're right. She didn't like, have to, she ain't got to be petty about it. She didn't have to be petty. About hostile it. petty. <laughs> I mean, she could have taken two guys. Like, why not? But, um, <laughs> What's a teenager? Like, get out of here. Not a teenager, whatever. He was probably like the equivalent of 21. Can you imagine you're like 45 years old? And then this, this creature in your chest is like, see that 20 year old? You got to sleep with them. No comment on that, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> that was an inappropriate question to introduce. I'll take, I take it back. <laughs> I mean, but like, I'm, I'm just, not going to answer that on air. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. So that I, I had questions about. And then the whole, and maybe, maybe I, I just was inferring this, like the whole thing, like, they are resonating because that's the person who you're going to have the healthiest baby with. I think that's the logic. It like makes the best pair. Yeah. So then it's kind of interesting too. It's like, if you, let's say her IUD didn't magically fall out (laughs) or you are infertile or you just don't want kids. Are you just kind of like an outcast in this world then? They do sort of set up like, it's not all about your fertility. Everyone is a member of the tribe. Um, so like she would just they could just be mates not resonance mates but it's like well if you want to be with me and i want to be with you we don't need resonance we could just be together and enjoy being together um and then what about like same sex relationships oh no it's not here so (laughs) yeah so i mean those are my those are my thoughts on like resonance of the cooey it's like yes i can see that it's sex positive but it did seem a little bit more narrow in scope than i had initially thought it was going to be yeah, no, it's all about, because it's all about having a baby, so it's all very heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, did I oversell it to you? No, no, it was just, <laughs> it was questions that I had, like you said, like, I, I really like science fiction and all that, and, like, those are the questions I started asking, like, okay, if this is it, who doesn't fit inside this, like, society's construction, and what happens to them? But I think the focus of this, like you said, is the, what'd you call it? Ro... Romerotica? Romerotica. <laughs> it's the Romerotica. Like, I, I think that she does a good job at world building, but it, it just raised a lot of questions for me. Like, okay, this is cool for Josie and Hayden, I guess, but like, what if this, what if that, what if that? So, because it's like, imagine you land on fuck planet right <laughs> and you can't get none of that big blue dick because <laughs> you know you don't want kids or you're pre- like you know lots of people enjoy dick not right. just young fertile women <laughs> so that would be the ultimate irony you know so, so the next day they're all supposed to go join the main tribe because they had split up in one of the earlier books and now because everyone's knocked up and like it's about to be even colder they're like we're gonna all come together and join in the main tribe so they like start to prepare to go out for that josie is trying really hard to keep resonance from everybody else keep it a secret 
I don't know how the hell she thinks this is going to work. And it doesn't. Like, the secret's out within five minutes. Like, immediately. <laughs> she runs like, out of the cave. They're like, damn, girl. <laughs> Your boobs are really jiggling. <laughs> because, like, she basically, she's like, stay away from me. So he goes to get her some snowshoes. But, like, he senses that he doesn't want it near. So he sort of, like, throws the snowshoes down and then walks away. But then later, while they're walking, he gets too close and her boobs start jiggling. And everybody knows. Yeah. And I think Tiffany is sort of like, it's either Tiffany or it's Harlow. At some point, someone's like, oh, no. And Hayden's feelings get hurt. He's like, am I that awful? Hayden, Hayden is definitely a sad boy. Like, he, I see him pushing everyone away, but then you like get his chapters and he's like, nobody likes me. It's like, yeah, because you're kind of a dick guy. (laughs) He's such a, I don't know. I think he's a little toned down in this book because in the other books, in the other books, he's like, I don't want to be around these women. I want to be left alone. Like in one part, he's like, they go to like the big spaceship and the spaceship keeps talking. And he's like, I wish the ship would fucking shut up. And it's like, dude. Oh, really? Calm the fuck down, Hayden. Okay, is Hayden a little dumb? Like, is he a little dumber than the other males? I don't, I don't think he's dumber. I do think, like, all of the male, like, because they're sheltered and they're on this ice planet where they're, like, literally in the Stone Age. Okay. There are just some things they're just not, they don't know and aren't. <laughs> Why? What prompts this question? Because I feel like there was an instance where you must have been an idiot. You're like, get it together, Hayden. No, I just, I, I feel like he just, he's like, he's just so surprised that people don't like him. <laughs> I do that too. It's like I push people away and then I'm like, why am I still single? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what do you mean? I, I don't go on or I swipe left or whatever way you go on every Tinder app. It's like, why am I so alone? It's like, oh. well, bitch, look at your behavior. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> your cooey is like, figure it out. <laughs> Would you want a cooey? Uh, I go back and forth. Because I think. Like, it is, I think the appeal of the fantasy of this book is, like, there is a little worm that's looking out for you, and it's going to find the best one, and it's going to be right. And because of that cooey, he's also going to realize that you're the best one for him, and, like, they'll be instinctually, like, drawn to take care of you and all that. Sometimes that sounds really suffocating, too. It's like, I don't know if I want all that. But I think, like, the appeal of, like, a guaranteed soulmate, I can see the, I can see the appeal of that. That's a fair question. Would you? Or a fair response. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, I, I really don't know. I don't know. Like, if it was a Josie Hayden situation, I'd probably have to say no. <laughs> like, I don't want this, yeah. But then, they, the cooey picked good, because I guess, like, I, so is sex when you're resonating, like, is it way better? Or are these just, like, really sexy aliens? <laughs> the book says and like that the the sex between residence mates is supposed to be even better than like just like regular sex okay okay because that could that could yeah that that, be, that I a don't deal know. that have to be under consideration <laughs> it, yeah. it absolutely has to be under consideration <laughs> so like, okay okay it. let's get it's back like, to the plot <laughs> so they go to the the um this cave the elder cave no wait i'm jumping ahead they go to the main cave and i like how hayden goes immediately to the chief and he's like i've made it now i get a i get my own place to live i'm not living with these single bros she hasn't accepted it that has not stopped him like i'm gonna get this cave that was kind of funny he immediately goes there he's like well 
gonna need one of these new caves. <laughs> Can't Tommy. be associated with you broke hoes no more. <laughs> He immediately, like, he dumps them. So he gets her, like, this nice cave. And I think it's just kind of funny because, like, Josie comes in. And she's like, they said this was my room. And he's like, yeah, it's your room with, with me. me. And she's like, please don't do this shit. <laughs> and he's like, and he's also a little offended. He's like, do you think I would have, like, jump on you in the middle of your sleep? Like, just go to sleep, Josie. Yeah. And so she does. And the next day, Josie gets it in her head. She's going to get her entire cooey removed. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which I feel like she needs to live, but okay. Well, I guess she's thinking like, well, I can get a new one uh, because she learns about like the disease and she's like, oh, well, Hayden survived because his cooey died and they just gave him a new cooey. And then it's like, again, going to the sci-fi element, it's like, but if this thing is picking your best genetic mate, <laughs> you get a new cooey, you're going to resonate with Hayden again. <laughs> We didn't say she thought it out. We, she just... <laughs> she made a decision. <laughs> she was going for it. I just like how she jumps from like, I'm going to ignore this situation to I'm just going to completely rip this bitch out of my chest. Well, like, she's yeah. like, this is what we're going to do. Because, uh, and at first, Hayden's like, no, he won't take her. And like, no one will take her. So she... I think we skip a few months in the book. Yeah. Like, I think it's implied that there are a few weeks where... She's just like, I'm just going to ignore it. And yeah. she gets sicker and Hayden feels sad because she's watching, he's watching her sort of languish away. I will say, I felt kind of bad for him. It must really suck to like, you get your cooey selected mate and that other person is like, I would literally rather just fade away and die than be with you. Because so, he's like, we get in his head. He's like, his feelings are legit hurt. His which feelings is kind are of legitimately hurt. And again, you say sheltered. I say he's a little bit dumb. He's just kind of like, what, what do I do? But like being nicer like, never, never occurs to him. Talking maybe, it out. Maybe don't throw shoes. To be fair, she's not exactly nice to him either. That's true. Like, like, she don't like him. Because like at one point, she's like, we're... we're she's recalling something that happened earlier in the book and Hayden gets full on shot and she like laughs. About oh yeah. That did happen. <laughs> I was like, Josie. Damn, you cold. Cause he keeps saying how like wonderful and sweet and nice she is. But like, this is the first time I've seen her. And like, she just, she just really do not like this dude. Yeah. So, so she's languishing and languishing and he's like, break down. He's like, fine. If this is what you want, I will walk with you to the elder cave where they have like a surgery machine that can take the cooey out and we'll get you a new one. He's, he's, he's thinking it probably won't work. Yeah. He's like you, Molly. He's like, okay, this is what we gotta do. This is like my husband taking me to Ikea to get some bookshelves (laughs) that we know aren't gonna fit in the house. It's like, you have to come to your own decision on this, but yes, I will drive you down to the yes. Ikea. Yes, if this is part of the journey you need to take to accept this, I will, we will do this. So they walk, they walk to the Elder Cave, which is again, just a giant spaceship. Oh, so the Elder Cave was a spaceship. Yeah, it's a giant, so it's the giant spaceship that brought the original, like the presumption is it crashed, they got stranded. And that's the spaceship they were on. The aliens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their original ancestors. Okay. Yeah. So she goes there. She's like, Harlow, 
please help me get this worm out my chest. And I think maybe it is Harlow's one. He's like, oh, you resonated to him? Oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, Josie, no. (laughs) And it's just another like dumping on Hayden. And Um, he's like right there. He's in the room. And it kind of sucks for him. Like, he is a dick, but like, maybe he's a dick because everyone's a dick to him. They constantly make jokes about how no one wants to hang out with him. I mean, I get it. There's only 12 people in this tribe. And right. they decided he's the he's one, the one they don't like. <laughs> so, so she can't. So eventually we learn that the machine is broken. Yeah. And Harlow just does not have time to fix it. Which yeah, I she don't got a baby. Her. She's like, I'm, I'm busy. I can't, I can't <laughs> indulge you on this. <laughs> I'm living on a spaceship with this other alien. We, we've got things to do. So her man's kind of old, right? Her man is a feral guy. Like, Well, why I ask is because remember what I said? I thought Hayden was a little dumb. Yes. This guy seems smarter than Hayden. <laughs> well, because he's like, I don't think, like, Rook is not here for indulging Josie's scheme. He's like, bitch, that's not going to work. <laughs> right? And then even when, like, Josie's, like, running around, she's all upset. And Hayden's kind of like, I don't know what's going on. Like, this guy, Rook, he kind of just raises an eyebrow like, really, bitch. <laughs> So it's like, how does, how does the hermit guy have better social skills? <laughs> like, how does he know better what's going on in this situation? To be fair, like, his brain's a little clouded. He's got, like, got this bug buzzing in his chest. He's probably He's super thinking horny. about hunting constantly. And what his pack is doing every two seconds. He's probably super horny. Like, yeah. So Just masturbating furiously. <laughs> A lot. Oh my god. So they show, they pop up. Harlow and Rook are like, yeah, that's not going to work. And this is probably one of the most awkward. We've read some awkward sex scenes. I believe A Chance at Love had like a hilariously (laughs) awkward sex scene where like. They uh, have sex for two (laughs) two seconds. Then he jumps up and runs to the other side of the room. He's like, was it good for you, babe? But this scene, I think, is probably worse. So like. Josie and Hayden, they run to this spaceship hoping to use a surgery machine. Harlow's like, it's broken and I'm too busy to fix it. Sorry, babe. And so Josie sort of talks to herself. She's like, look, Hayden sucks, but you want a baby and this will get you a baby and it'll get you the family you want. So she sort of like, she kind of sucks it up and she like sort of makes a resolution to just like sort of give in to residence and have sex with Hayden to fulfill residence and have this baby. So we have like... It's a really harrowing scene, like that really made me sad, followed by a scene that like was very, very funny to me. So it's kind of like emotional whiplash. Because <laughs> she's talking about like the abuse that she suffered as a kid. And I think she says like something like it, it sucks to be a body that, you know, someone just masturbates to. And I've been that body. And it's like really like upsetting yeah. to hear like the things that she went through. Uh, the emotions are... Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It, like you said, the emotions, like, she's really not into it. And he's, like, sit. they're sitting there together. And he's kind of, uh, she started touching his tail. I can't remember exactly the mechanics I, of what happened. I, I think she, going back to the emotion part, we learn about, like, her, her background. Like, that's why she's really gung-ho about a family. And that's yeah. why she's really against Hayden, because she thinks Hayden hates her. And she's like, I can't tie myself up to a man who hates me. Yeah, but she, she can't thinks- bring a child into a family where, like, that child's going to experience the things that she did, like, 
uh, yeah. people who don't love the baby, people, people who are going to fight, people who fight, people who might touch a baby, like, with anything but love, I think she says. Yeah. But um, she resolves herself to go. And she's like, well, maybe I'll get a kiss, blah, blah, blah. And so she walks in and she's sort of like, well, let's do this. Hayden again is like, well, that's not exactly how I wanted you to come to me, but like, I guess I'll take it. Um, and so he starts by trying to touch her first, I think. Mm-hmm. He doesn't kiss her. And this is the thing. She, these aliens, so this is the thing I got to tell you about. These aliens don't know what kissing is. It's not a thing they do. Yeah, anytime any, like that. Yeah, anytime <laughs> any of these books where someone's getting kissed, it's like, because it's a scene that kind of comes up. It's the humans teaching them how to kiss. Okay. So I'm like, you're really setting this guy up to fail if yeah. you expect him to kiss you. And you know he doesn't know what a kiss is. <laughs> like, how is he supposed to do that, Josie? Yeah. And then... And maybe come- it's like communication because she can't really quite say what she wants yet. Right. So, and I think maybe like, even if you do decide to like, give in, that doesn't mean you have to jump straight to like, doing the deed. You can be like, look... Eventually, we're going to do this. But right now, can we just, like, spend a day not arguing? Yeah. Yeah. No one... Josie, you didn't have to strut straight for the dick. Like, you could have... Yeah. But I mean, like, it's so... Like, she's so defeated because it's been months and months of her body, like, literally failing. That's true, Because she won't fuck this guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Okay. Like, I have to do it. So, it's it's not a sexy scene. And then he, like, Mm -mm. comes in his (laughs) loincloth. immediately immediately which like that wasn't that's not the funny scene to me i'll talk about what was funny because like that i i thought that that was interesting too like his position is he is like a virgin because he hasn't ever um done anything with anybody and it's like he has like all these anxieties about like can he really please his mate like everyone's always telling him that he sucks this is his (laughs) chance to have sex and he's afraid that he's gonna suck and then he, like, you know, gets so excited that he's not having to masturbate again. <laughs> then he comes and he has, like, all this shame and all this, like, anxiety about, like, not being able to perform. So I thought that that was interesting also. Um, I was trying to see what actually, like, caused it. Because it's something pretty innocent. And he, like... It's like, he like, sees her earlobe or something. It's, like, really... Well, it's, like... So here's the quote. It's, like, I squeeze her breast and she leans against my chest, her hand going to my face to caress it. And the next line is literally, and I erupt in my pants. The breath hisses from my body as the force of the orgasm overtakes me. I stiffen, stars dancing before my eyes. And so, like... That's one hell of an orgasm. It really is. And he must play it off very well because she has no idea she this She has no clue. And then he, <laughs> he kind of, like, you know, scuttles away. They're sitting on this shelf. And he's like, oh, I'll talk no more. And then she gets very offended. Oh, yeah, because he's so embarrassed. He, like, pulls away and he gets kind of gruff with her. And he's like, stop talking, blah, blah, blah. Because he's worried about her finding out what he did. Right. And so this is, I think I know what part makes you help me. I know what part you're, you're laughing at. So after like, so he pushes her away because he's so embarrassed. She gets up and she's like, you know what? I thought I could do this, but I can't. Fuck you, dude. And bye. So she storms out of the room. And the thing is, this is a spaceship and the doors are automatic. So you know me too well. (laughs) Josie knows what button to open the door to get out. But Hayden, Hayden has never seen a button before in his life. So he's sitting there. Well, his, he pants pulls, are wet. his pants are wet. He decides to take a nap. <laughs> 
that just as it's probably our favorite scene, he wakes up <laughs> and he can't find the door. And he's just like banging on the door and yelling like, what happened? Let me out. He's going to come all over his pants. And it's just and like, oh. From the description, I don't even think he's banging on the right part of the door. He could just be no, hitting the wall. he's on the other side of the wall or something. Because Rook comes by. Rook was probably just walking through the hallway. Here's this begging. He opens the door and he's like, what the fuck? They're like, he's like, we thought you still left. here. <laughs> I just, it's just like, I, I don't know. I guess when I read, I'm a very visual person. It just imagine you like begging on the door. Like, let me out, let me out. I, it just... It cracked me up. And I, it's it's genuinely hilarious. And like, first of all, really, Josie had to have known that would happen too. I mean, did she? He's so dumb. <laughs> he saw her press the button. <laughs> and I bet, like, I feel like the audio, this is probably even funnier than reading it because Mason Lloyd's narration is pretty good. Yeah. And he, he's just funny. So he, so he has this slap fight with a wall and eventually I think Harlow and Rook come on and they like let him out and they're yeah. surprised to see him there because Josie booked it. Josie, thank God. <laughs> this is, I'm noticing this woman, like she will make a plan and not really think it through not because where is she going? Go. <laughs> and I think that's the extent of her plan. She's like, just leave. Just leave. So she goes out onto this ice planet and she's just walking. I think her destination is she had spotted a mountain. I think she said she wanted to see the ocean. That's it. Yes. She's going to go to the beach, which not a bad plan. Let me tell you the beach on this planet. Not that bad. It's actually really nice. I don't know why they don't live there. Oh, okay. Because that's where um, Harlow and Rook lived. Okay. They had like a nice beach home. Like all the book talks about like all this seafood they eat. She has like uh, baskets she weave from like the grasses. I'm like, that sounds legitimately nice. Because <laughs> so, it seems like they like living in the caves. They do. And it's like. It sounds musty to me. <laughs> it sounds musty. You can probably hear everything. Yeah. Day or night. Yeah. Every poop, every <laughs> explosive <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> just like everything the children crying like i'd be like you know what i need some space and, and if you've they're got, all like, building fires in there Oof. and they're burning poop yeah and i think the bathtub is like located centrally like that's where everyone bathes. oh yeah he does be- say that because she points out that like she's seen him naked before yeah <laughs> because everyone just there's no privacy there's only like 30 of you you're all up in everyone's business Oof. everyone Everything everyone knows about it. It's just all hanging out, (laughs) jiggling. So, yeah. I don't know. I would just be like, go on a beach or go on the cave. Like, Harlow and Rook probably have have the right of it. Right. They live on that ship. They live on that ship with amenities. She does go off. There is this quote from Hayden that is, it's a popular highlight. I don't know how you feel about those. Sometimes I I turn them off. Because sometimes I think, like, I want to be able to decide on my own. Sometimes yeah. I'll highlight things just because it's the popular highlight. Uh, I don't need this peer pressure. <laughs> but, um, so Josie has left and Hayden has easily caught up with her because he's more suited to the environment. But he decides just to, like, trail her and uh-huh. make sure she's safe from behind. He doesn't go and approach her. And he has this quote where it's like, 
Just once, I wish she would look back. I wish she would see me waiting on the horizon for her, waiting to take care of her, to comfort her, to be her man and her mate and whatever else she needs. But she never turns. Like, yeah. it's really sad, actually. That made me giggle a little bit because I'm just imagining her, like, trekking through the snow. And, like, every once in a while, you see, like, someone, like, peek up over the horizon. And it's just Anna, like, looking like, hey, Josie. Oh, like that vine where the video keeps moving and the cat gets closer and closer and closer. <laughs> He's like, hey, Josie, you want, you want some cup? No? No? Okay, I'll just nope, stay back fine. here. Uh, okay. All right. Josie's going off, but she's making it work. I will say this. Like, I would have been frozen first day. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. She, like, finds some uh, hunter's cave. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's getting, like, dung to burn. <laughs> She's starting fires. She's starting fires. I think she says, like, day one, that's what all the aliens taught the humans. It's like, look, you gotta, this is a basic survival. You gotta learn how to make a fire. <laughs> so she's making it work. She finds a place to sleep. She's doing great. And in fact, in fact, she's doing great. It's Hayden's ass who ends up needing a rescue. <laughs> right. He gets attacked by some uh, adolescent yetis. <laughs> the Metlex. And, like, I go back and forth. I picture, like... They apparently have beaks, which makes oh. it even more horrifying. Like their their snouts are beaked, which is just worse. I picture the abominable snowman from Monsters Inc., but evil. I was picturing um, like the Yeti monster from like the old uh, claymation Christmas movies, but skinny, more <laughs> <laughs> raggedy. Ooh, that's yeah. They are filthy. The aliens will not shut up about how <laughs> filthy and disgusting these alien these Yeti people are. So I'm trying to remember what even happens. Like, he's following her. Well, yeah. She has that spyglass. And what, she's, like, she looking. Get she gets it from um, the spaceship because it's it's that girl, Harlow, who lives on the spaceship. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, look at this. It's like a spyglass. And so she takes it. You just lifted stuff? <laughs> she's like, yoink. And then, <laughs> um, so she's kind of looking and she sees something in the water which I'm not sure what that was, but then she sees like all these kind of birds like going all around and she's like, oh, what's up with these big ass birds? <laughs> and then that's when she turns and she sees on the horizon Hayden fighting the Yeti men. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how did you even come across them, bro? Like she got through that region just fine. Just fine. Unbothered. You are for some reason are now being jumped by a gang of teenage Yetis. I'm telling you, he does. he's like, <laughs> You're really, like, not having it for him and his uh, skills of observation. <laughs> because, like, so this is my funny scene, because I think it's kind of funny. He's fighting them all off. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, Josie's, like, step back. Josie discovers more women That's in, like, true. some tubes. And yeah. she's like, well, shit, I can't keep going because I've got to go let the others know that these women need help. Yeah, she found, so, I guess, this ship that they crashed in. I, I don't the ever humans? know if it's ever explained who whose ship that is i think it is because she kind of starts having flashbacks to like some bad aliens who did stuff to her in that spaceship yeah but that wasn't they had their or maybe maybe it is the original spaceship i think it maybe is it because is. she's yeah. like someone will be mad i guess the girl who crashes crashed the ship will be heartbroken to know that she left women out there that's yes you're right thank you for jogging my memory <laughs> I just, Molly, well, you've, girl, you've been reading a lot of these. <laughs> I've read one. 
But yeah, so that's why she's like, well, I can't keep pushing forward because I've got to go back and tell the others these women are here. Right. And that's when she comes back. And she, can you imagine just turning around and seeing <laughs> a first giant time blue alien? <laughs> a giant blue alien, like, fisticuffing with some <laughs> teenage yetis. And so she kind of really saves him. She sets fire to, like, a log and she, like, hurls it at them. Yeah. And that's what chases them off. Or maybe some of her furs because... I think she says she doesn't have a log, and that's how she burns the shit out of her hands. Oh, that's right. She burns. She something is set on fire. Yeah, I may not know the specific item. And she's like running toward him, like screaming. And, like, <laughs> it's so funny because he's like that. Really turned me on later. <laughs> the whole image in my head, for some reason, I think it's supposed to be action, and but it just kind of cracks me up. It like this tiny woman up. screaming with a blanket that's on fire. <laughs> yeah so she chases them off and he's like why did you do that and she's like i don't know and then he's like wow like so touched by (laughs) well she expects him to be really mad Uh because like she put herself in danger and hayden's really bad like don't be doing that dumb shit humans can't y'all can't survive out here but instead he like comes up and he hugs her because he's so relieved yeah and that's where she's like sort of taken aback and surprised by it yeah so they decide because her hands are like burnt to bits and they've had a hard time that they're going to like camp out for somewhere. And this is where like the actual communicating they should have done from the get go sort of happens. Right. This is where it takes a sexy turn. It really does. Um, before that though, they get the cave. He like spits some plant on her hands, <laughs> which I, I did not enjoy that description. I mean, that was the only way he could have wished it up. Like, he, he loves her so much, I guess, that he's like, I got to do this now. And I'm going to, because yeah, his mouth is now numb. But I don't know. He yeah. squishes it. So he squishes it on their hand and sort of, they sort of like have this like truce. Yeah. He's making her tea. He builds her a fire. Um, and she's kind of, I, I think this is where he asks her to explain her backstory. And she's kind of like, it's hard. And he's like, well, so was my backstory but i said it and yeah i told you like oh okay i have to be like start communicating with this guy because he's literally <laughs> the only person around the only one who can help me and so they have this talk about like her experience and um so heaving bosoms did i'm doing this because i want to credit them for saying it and i'm going to say the exact same thing but they said it first and i want to acknowledge that heaving bosoms did an episode on this book and they talk about how sort of Josie has that moment where she's talking about bad sex and like they make it clear that what she's talking about is not bad sex as much as it is abuse and rape. Yeah. So it's not like she had like boyfriends who just, you know, weren't good or like were boring or anything. She was, you know, a victim in some situations. So it's good to acknowledge that. I think it's good to acknowledge it. And maybe that says, I don't know if that's like on the author on Josie as a character, because if she really if this is what she's thinking, like, sex and relationships are like, then she might not be able to differentiate that. Like, she might think, like, in her mind, like, this is how people have always treated me, and this is how, like, these things go. And I, I say that because of that, that situation she had earlier with Hayden, where it's like, okay, well, I guess that this is just what it's going to be like for me, and she can't quite conceptualize yet 
having something better or living a life that's better for herself. Because even in all of her fantasies about her perfect family, it's always like her and a child. It's like not her, a child and a partner. So I think that she's still having trouble like putting, visualizing herself in a situation where she actually is loved and cared for. I think that's a really good observation. Because I didn't think about the fact that she is really just focused on the baby. Mm -hmm. Like when she's walking around, when they're walking to the cave and she's like, hanging out with Kira, she just wants to hold the baby and she's always interested in everyone's baby. So she's there for the baby. She's not focusing too much on the partner aspect. Right, because she she's not visualizing herself in a healthy relationship. And so they talk and that's where Hayden admits that he doesn't hate her. Right. But he does. She's like, you're always calling me a weak human and blah, blah, blah. He's like, you are a weak human. <laughs> I was like, that's fair. Because I get the sense that he's kind of like, he's kind of like a big dude, even for these aliens. They're, they're very tall and very broad. Like, But he's like, he's like out here fighting yetis, hunting, you know, angry masturbating. Like I get the sense that like, <laughs> even out of the dudes, like he's like a doodly dude. Yeah, and they're not, all pretty. Yeah, I think Vectal might be the biggest one, but they're all giant seven foot aliens. And then we have Josie, who we are constantly told is like five nothing. <laughs> so I'm like, how does how is this lining up? Well, that's why that cover, the book cover looks like that. <laughs> it's straight to the point. Exactly. Well, that's as high as she goes. She's not kneeling or anything. That's just as tall. Oh, that's as just as tall as she is. <laughs> So that's where they have their understanding. She wakes up and they go to sleep and they wake up and everyone is like very, it actually, I'm like flipping through. They hang out a lot longer before they get to like the sexy times. Like I'm trying to like get to it, but they're like just kind of hanging out, which you know what they need. She, so she wakes up, her leg is over him and her pants are off and she's like, ah, (laughs) and then he goes, he does like some more things for her, but it doesn't really start to pick up until she's like, can you give me a bath? Yeah. And he's like freaking the fuck out over this. Like this is his ultimate fantasy. Oh yes. Because um, I was going to say he finds out that she only head back to save the girls. She didn't know he was in trouble and his feelings get hurt. Again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, at one point, like she decides she wants a bath and the bath is funny because his little reaction happens, I think, again? Yeah. Or does he just talk about it? <laughs> because he's, he's washing he's her down. He's like, though. yeah, he's nervous. Oh, so it doesn't happen yet, but he re- the reason he's like kind of restrained while bathing her, she's like noticing like, like, you're kind of like distant and stiff and like take your clothes off and stuff. And he's like, and he's talking about like how he's nervous and he's like, he doesn't want what happened in the ship to happen again. And this is where she learns that he sort of like jumped the gun. Right. And that's why he pushed her away. Right. And I and, think it sort of helps soften her feelings. Yeah. Him. And I think he's like, well, you're hurt. Like your, your hands <laughs> your are hands like totally fucked up right now. <laughs> so he's kind of like, he doesn't want to hurt her or push her away. So he's kind of like restraining himself, which again was was interesting because it's like they start off like hating each other so much i feel like my issues with like okay all of a sudden they want to sleep together would have been even more compounded if they didn't maybe take it a little bit slower and get to know each Mm -hmm. other first yeah i think it's good i'm not i'm not saying that's a negative i've just forgot about there's a lot of talking i forgot about and like the treating (laughs) of our hands with that mushy plant (laughs) 
And so like, yeah, so he's bathing her and she basically just starts teasing him. And I'm like, oh, this guy yeah. has gone through so much. She's like dancing around and stuff. <laughs> she's like, get my back, Hayden. And he's like, he's like on the edge of losing it. Cause he's like, <laughs> he's never seen any titties before, like in a sexual <laughs> manner outside of like the group bath. He's like, you know, uh, they're so soft and I'm so hard. He's, he's freaking out. But he, above all else, Hayden is like, I'm going to look after my mate. So he's like, she asked for a bath. I'm going to give her a bath. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. make sure she's clean. He's like, I got to focus on this. I, gotta, I got I, one job, Hayden. <laughs> at one point, though, he does. He's like, and I think he does He does eventually go down on her. And he's like, tell me not to. And yeah, she very she pointedly won't. does it. And then he sort of like flips her over and like goes down on her. A thing about these books these aliens love cunnilingus. Like, they love to perform it. And they love to talk about it in sometimes slightly off-putting ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was he was eating it like pie. <laughs> like, we on Thanksgiving just, like, <laughs> straight to it. And like I feel like there's a fine line before like between like showing appreciation and just and making just uncomfortable. I don't like it. the word. I don't like the word juice. I don't like the word honey. I don't. Mm, yeah. I, I don't know if I need it, but you know what? I I appreciate the enthusiasm. I guess. But like, he was into it. Like <laughs> you did it with a gusto. <laughs> My stomach hurts. This is like. <laughs> Do you see see these books? And like, it's very explicit. So this is, was this the part where you were like, caught off guard? By what? Because there were a few, like, there were different books where I was caught off guard. You gotta be more specific. This is, I think, is the first fully, like, explicit sex scene we get. She masturbates earlier when she's, there's a lot of masturbation going on. And she masturbates earlier when they're in the cave and he's not there. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have their aborted attempt on the cave. But I think this is like their first successful like coupling, I guess, um, even though they don't go all the way. I mean, I guess it didn't. And, I, and she describes it. Thoroughly. <laughs> yeah, it was explicit. I don't know if it caught me off guard. I think you like, like I said, I went into it thinking it was erotica. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I guess like the only other times I've read erotica are, um, uh, when we read um, addicted. addicted, which is extremely explicit, but also using a lot of like, uh, what do you call it? Not allegory, but like blunt language. It's blunt, but it's not blunt. I think that's what we talked about with addicted. Oh, addi- oh yeah. Um, addicted was funny because it thought it was so risque and it's actually pretty safe. Right, right. I mean, the nacho dick on the cheese is probably the wildest the nacho dick on the cheese. The nacho cheese on the dick is probably the wildest. The wildest thing that happens. Um, and then um, I've listened to, I've not read Chuck Tingle, but I listened to the podcast <laughs> where other people read Chuck Tingle works. Um, and that is, that's like next level. Like what the hell is going on? I think I listened to like two or three of those. So oh, I wasn't I like, those yet. You, might, you might actually like that podcast. It's pretty funny. Because it's like, uh, if you don't know them, it's like pounded in the butt by my own butt. And it's like, <laughs> how does that happen? And it's like, well, the butt, 
you know, the guy's a scientist, his butt detaches and grows wings and then takes him out to dinner. <laughs> if anyone's, like, not getting patted in the butt by their own butt, it's not going to be as wild as that. So it didn't... I, I think what, what surprised me was when she was talking about, like, the bony plates on his his chest. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this is They're what aliens, I mean. aliens, Molly. Because <laughs> like, I had just been picturing him as, like, a slightly taller man the whole time. And then I was like, well, wait, what does he actually look like? <laughs> Can I, I will confess, I admit that a lot. I sometimes just picture, like, a tall blue dude. Yeah. And I'll forget about the horns and the tail and the plating. Oh, and the fingers. Don't even give me stuff. They have, like, four fingers. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear about that until the very end. <laughs> she's like holding his hand and it's like oh of course he has fewer fingers than me I was like wait a second cause he was fingering you a couple times I could've used this knowledge to know but you know what maybe I didn't need to maybe I didn't need to know so yeah so they get right into it and they have like some pretty it's mostly I think just they don't fulfill residence yet yeah or maybe they do maybe it's just no I don't think so I think it's just the oral and then like heavy petting yeah and then he's like, well, we got to head back. They got to head back to the cave. And so they walk out. We're getting to my favorite part. <laughs> and I remember, we're working with Polly Pocket. So they're walking, heading back to the cave. And like, um, they yeah, they still have a fulfilled residence because he's ignoring her and staring at her ass. And then he yeah. blames the fact that he's still clouded by residence for why he hasn't been paying attention. And so I think, so they're walking. And like, they're outside. <laughs> So she's this tiny little bundle. Hayden is like, we got to go. And like, he's more acclimated. So he's walking ahead of her. She's trying to catch up and she sees a shadow on the ground. It's like hilariously ominous. And she's calling for him. She's like, Hayden, he's still going. He's not looking back. So she sees the shadow again. And she's like, Hayden, I think. And she is eaten whole by a dino bird. dino bird. Yep. Just swallowed a giant, right just, <laughs> popped off the ground and her thoughts are like, like i just got eaten alive <laughs> probably <laughs> she does describe like this like as this giant moist stank thing claps around her like yeah i'm like that's a description like i feel that yeah and she's like she so in the audiobook she's pretty chill about it like she's definitely concerned <laughs> she's definitely like i just got eaten okay all right i'm still alive she's like touching her you know self like i'm still here taking stock meanwhile it switches to hayden he's like rolling on the ground (laughs) full-on drama king about it there is a giant like josie he has lost it he's like no my baby just got eaten by like he's he is in complete distress, which I mean, if I saw my husband get eaten by a pterodactyl, <laughs> I probably would be stressed out while he was like up there trying to like figure out, okay, what, what, all right, I got eaten. What's <laughs> Let me take stock of the situation. <laughs> but I did, I like this scene because like she's fly, you know, the thing is fly. He's like, no, and he takes like you know, his blade or something and he's like feeling his like bony chest and he's, <laughs> he's like, gotta stab himself he's like, like if, if she's dead i must follow her it's a guy ready like ready to <laughs> romeo and juliet it not even assessing the whole scene he's just like well, that's it for me that is the the lesson from romeo and juliet right like y'all gotta relax before like, you wait just... five minutes 
get him get that note from the monk the priest check let him catch you up yeah um and then he like sees the bird like staggering (laughs) and he's like what (laughs) then it falls and he's like it falls to the earth it falls to the earth he's still not quite getting it he's like i don't care like josie's dead fuck that bird (laughs) molly's his dumb theory he's dumb theory he's 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 just not that bright. I don't want to be so down on him, but it always takes, he's always a couple steps behind everybody else. Yeah. He falls, and then like a knife and an arm pops out. And he's like, what's this? And he's like, Josie! And so like he's slicing, it's really viscerally described as they slice into the belly of this giant dino bird. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm a squeamish person. I don't need, I don't need all this. Seemed. And here's where it takes another turn that I want to ask you about. Because there's a lot of stuff about babies in this. Uh-huh. And there, there's a lot of stuff between them that seems very, like, infant, not infantilizing toward her, but, like, almost putting her in the position of a baby. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> oh, when he like, makes the, like, the papoose? Well, yeah. Well, first, it's like, it's almost like she's being born, like... <laughs> They cut open the belly of this thing and she pops out all covered in goo. And it's like she's been like reborn as this new person who totally loves Hayden now. Oh, the symbol. See, this is what happens when you get an English major on the show. <laughs> and then it's like, I could I could let that go if he didn't like then make a baby Bjorn to carry her around. <laughs> I will admit I do not like the baby sling scene that is like it especially happening so soon after the scene where like she's having like this symbolic birth he's like now i have to take care of you i'm gonna carry you around in this solely wrap and just like you're gonna be like i and she calls it a baby wrap and it's like well yeah this took another turn I'm not a fan of that. So yeah, like she, he pulls her out, he washes her up and they still got to head back. So he puts her in a giant papoose because she's just so tiny. She's just a delectable looking snack. Yeah. Like, so they've got to make her look bigger. And while they're wearing the papoose, they stop. So at some point in between, after her rescue from the giant bird, and honestly, the sex is lost because someone just got eaten by a giant bird. Right. And I can't even focus on that. Between the giant bird and then when they leave the next day, they have they fulfill residence and they have like full on penetrative sex. And then on the walk back to the cave, these two keep getting so horny for each other <laughs> that right? they stop and have sex. Sometimes while she's in the sling, I was not a fan of this. Part. I did not like it. She's in the sling. <laughs> and it was like we figured it out. And it's kind of like I, it's just. If you hadn't described it that way to begin with, I could have got it on board with it. <laughs> so she's in the baby sling. And I hate it. I, I hate, hate it. it. I hate it. Every two seconds, they're like, stop it a fuck. <laughs> it's like, don't you have somewhere to be? Like, aren't there ladies trapped in the tubes? <laughs> but they don't care. They're like, they've been in that tube for who knows how long. They can stay in the I tube will, a little longer. I will say this. It is implied that when you fulfill residence, like you got to keep going until that baby is made. I see. So, so they've given in and the coolie's like, okay, fucking finally, I can get this job done. So it's probably it's pushing like I, and pushing. I spent fucking two years. I don't know how long they've been here. Push it out at IUD. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all can't even get it together. Yeah. So this coolie's like, you got to go. You got to go. Because so residents will go until that baby exists. Okay. 
so they keep going and like they just keep having a lot of sex she teaches him how to french kiss he keeps making jokes how he's gonna french kiss all over her body and keeps saying teats he was like i'd like to french kiss your teats and it's i don't like the teats either like this is a lot i get it she's setting up like she does such a good job at setting up like they're really culturally different. Yeah. But like sometimes true. it's like, you know, I'm just going to skip that part. <laughs> it's like they, they are aliens. So like that's almost a solid 20% of like the final part is just them walking and like and just, heading back to the cave and having sex. And having sex in this bajord. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> you keep calling it that, which makes it even funnier. And it's actually, they have ex- actually at one point stopped to have sex when some of the other hunters like yeah. I guess on their rounds like, oh, come across hey, them. It's Hayden and Josie. It's <laughs> like, not like, right now. <laughs> Stay back. Come back later. He's like, give me 10 more minutes. Get <laughs> <laughs> away. And so they like wave them away. I'm trying to see which one specifically it is. Oh, it's Saluk. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's just him. Yeah. The guy from the previous book. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's like, not right now. They come back with the group, and that's sort of where their story ends. Because the book ends, Hayden joins this other group to go and rescue the women. And like, so Josie's alone by herself. Yeah. She makes she's she jokes with the other women. Yeah, she does a lot of babysitting. She knows she's and, pregnant. She's just sitting around like, well, I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's so funny because you have these women who get like pregnant like the next day and they're talking about it like they're like, Yep, gotta eat for baby now. It's like it's been an hour, but yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. I just think I've, it's I've funny. I've never been impregnated by an ice planet barbarian, so you know, it could be different. So and then they, they said go. That they're pregnant for like eighteen months or something crazy. Well, the native like the native aliens are pregnant for like three years, Whew. and they're not sure. They think the humans might be accelerated. So yeah, it's like a year and a half. Yeah. So I I am currently a pregnant. And, a pregnant um, <laughs> he's kicking you don't like that put some respect on his name <laughs> um but uh i read this thing and if we want to get like sci-fi nerdy for a second that so basically like human children the first three months of their lives it's kind of considered the fourth trimester yes i've heard that too yeah so it's like essentially they have to stay like very close like current thought is they have to stay very close to you it's almost like still being pregnant because they, they're still so reliant on their mother and their father, but, you know, to, like, nourish them and to keep them warm and do all these things. And so this guy, like, posited, he was like, well, really, uh, humans should, the gestation period should be another three months. But um, because, like, humans have such big, complex brains, their heads are so big when they come out that basically human female bodies could would be destroyed if it wouldn't be safe if you continue to gestate them for the period that they needed to be on par with other animals, you know, at that at at the time of birth. Um so I was like reading that, I was thinking of like carrying like like this huge giant baby for an extra like half a year and I was like, that must be rough. Yeah. Well, because you read in these books that these girls are pregnant for like ever. And it's just yeah. a whole bunch of pregnant women running around. So. And it's like, I got carpal tunnel right now, heartburn, 
like I said, he kicked me in my ribs. I thought they were broken. I was just like... <laughs> the disrespect. Ice Planet pregnancy must be Ice Planet rough. Cause it's, it's really... So-, so yeah, so they go back. So she's pregnant. Hayden goes back on this crew with the other hunters to rescue these other girls. The hunters are thirsty AF at the AF. Right? That was kind of ominous. Because they're like, look at it. Hayden, Hayden is very anti-sexual violence like when he hears what happens to Josie he's pissed he's punching a wall he's punching a wall he's screaming again like (laughs) he's like extremely offended by the thought that she would think that he would do anything to hurt her well they all are to be fair well not the ones who seem to be looking at these two women they're like licking their little blue lips. And Hayden's like, mm, you better keep an eye out for that. And I was like, what do you mean keep an eye out? Like once they resonate, he don't care about nothing. He's like, well, that seems like it could be trouble. And I was <laughs> well, like, got I don't know. I, and I didn't read any of the other ones. So I don't know if that's like an ominous, like a dark cloud coming, but. Well, <laughs> one of them kidnaps the women. See, that's what and I thought. Was, something something yeah. off was going to happen. <laughs> they they get a little thirsty some rash decisions are made and uh yeah and I'm then in the saying, end why you gotta fuck up you know sex planet it seems like everyone's having a good time <laughs> why you gotta be with that guy sensual relations yeah right yeah everybody's yeah. fucking i can't i cannot <laughs> like if i got abducted by aliens i was in a tube i get out the first thing I'm thinking is not about sex. It's not, yeah, it's not about your rape, but that's what the men are thinking about. That's what literally every other person on this ice planet is thinking about. <laughs> They're like, it now's gonna, my chance to get a family. Yeah. Right? It's going to take me a second to catch up. I'll and get that, there. I'll get there. Because this planet sounds awesome. <laughs> but it's going to take me a second. So, yeah. So then he comes back. He's like, they save the others, they or no, they save the women. And actually, this happens in the book. The one, they come back with only one of the women they went to go save. And she is very loudly like, yo, what the fuck? Where's my sister? Yeah. Josie, uh, Hayden literally could not be bothered. He's like, who, who knows? <laughs> who cares? Not me. I resonated. <laughs> he grabs Josie and they go in the cave to have sex. Yeah. And like, that's our, that's the end of the book. Yeah. So that's. That's the end of that. So they, she gets her happy later after she. There's a minor conflict where he doesn't say he loves her. Oh yeah. But he's like, well, my actions. Like I would think by my actions, I'm showing you I love you. And then in the end, he does tell her he like he's she like I think the last line is he says he loves her. Yeah, or something. and she's like, you know, she finally is like, oh, I'm with someone who who actually loves me. Yeah, and so she has a happy ending, and so that's the end of this wild, this wild tale. ride. I I ask everyone, so I don't think I've asked you yet. You're on the ice planet. What is your role in the tribe? Like, how do you contribute? How do I contribute? Do I have options? Like, I guess, like, so one woman, she's just a hairdresser. So she just like, she's like, yeah, I just braid everyone's hair. So using your skills now, I mean, like you, like looking at your skills. Yes. Yes, you, Molly, you were on this planet. Sometimes I think, you know what? There's nothing to read or do. Maybe I would write something. I don't know. Some entertainment. Cause like, oh, that's not a maybe bad that, one. Yeah. Maybe that would stop everyone from gossiping about everyone. That's why everyone's in everybody's business. There's nothing else to do. I would have to say, I would probably, I mean, I know I would just start bossing people around. I would. None of those characters. <laughs> I would like. A leadership role. 
I would say, okay, this is going to sound bad, but like some kind of like madam matchmaker because like they have to get this fucking in control. It's like for anyone who's like not matched up yet, we got to stop the kidnapping. For anyone who like doesn't really want, you know, they're not 100% sure about residents. I'd be like, come to me. Like this is I sex planet. Like if you don't, if your ultimate goal is not to have babies and stuff, you shouldn't have to miss out on all this great ass dick. You know what I mean? Like we we gonna figure something out for you. So they do sort of do that, but you want to formalize that. I want to formalize that role. I want to make sure if you're thinking I'm gonna kidnap somebody, you come talk to me first. <laughs> And we figure out an alternative for that. I generally think most people who are planning to kidnap someone are. <laughs> let's let's keep not, it from getting to that level. Not in the frame of mind where they're like, you know what? We should talk about because okay, spoiler alert. Well, no, his is kind of worse. The kidnapping, he gets exiled. It happens a couple times where Hosh kidnapped his mate he gets exiled too but then she goes on exile with him so that's how he resolves that I feel like it doesn't it doesn't have to be this way yeah I get it you're sitting around you're in the hot tub even fucking Hayden has gotten somebody (laughs) before before you're even think before kidnapping is even like crosses the whiff of your mind come to me you know Let's, let's talk this out not even talk it out let's figure out a way to get you some sex before you start kidnapping being crazy. Hey. But to be fair, uh-huh. yeah. if I may present the other side, the people they want to have sex with literally just woke up, just discovered aliens See? are a thing. See? And now they're being approached by seven foot blue things. That's you why you, like, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta have some kind of process. It's <laughs> like, hey girl. Because they're gonna be here. waiting for a while. You're gonna be waiting for a second. You know, let's get this goo off of you. Yes, the food sounds nasty. Let's get you acclimated. You only own- raw meat. Oh. <sighs> only raw meat. And like the few berries they have are used for soap. Mm. You can't even eat the shit grown on the trees. Let's let's relocate to get some fish, some part of the year. Oh yeah, that, that our nice beach. On a nice beach. And then let's go through your options, girl. What do you want to do? Here's one. Here's another one. Here's another dude. What do you want to do, girl? You don't want any of them? That's fine. You just wanna you just wanna be a big old freak? I I get it. I get it. You're on a planet full of freaks, girl. Why tie yourself down? Let's have let's talk about your options. Your voice is so soothing and calming right now. <laughs> That's that what like... I'm saying. I would be good at it. So just matchmaker. Sex planet therapist is really Sex what you are. Sex planet therapist. That's what I want. That's what I would do. Just someone needs to look after the mental health, right, of these girls and these aliens. Because I want everyone to be having a good, sexy ass time on this planet, and nobody getting kidnapped. You know, no one getting blisters because they're masturbating so much. <laughs> blisters. Like I could have helped Hayden and Josie. Something about that. It's like, okay, so you've resonated to each other. Now what? <laughs> I will say they do have that role in the later books, but you're right. The earlier books need it probably more. I mean, they were still figuring things out. I can't <laughs> blame them for that. They're all excited. That would be too. Women. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was book six of Ice Planet Barbarians <laughs> by Ruby Dixon. 
The one where a woman gets eaten whole by a dinosaur and has sex in a baby sling. Just a lot. (laughs) Thank you for sharing this with me, for taking me on this journey with you. And when I tell you it's an entire series (laughs) of this, my other favorite moment is when one of the aliens gifts a woman a bone dildo that he carved based on his own. And it is the funniest thing I've ever (laughs) Best students had so many twisted turns. <laughs> so, yes, and he's very proud of it. I would be too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious. So, yeah, it's just a whole universe of this. And then a spinoff series that I may or may not cover. A spinoff? What is the spinoff? The spinoff is called Ice Home. So, you know the book cover I tweeted where um, it's the black girl with the red, li- the red dude? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the spinoff. So that takes place in the same universe on the same planet. And it's even more wild. Like, Oh yeah, I'm looking up the covers of these. They're more wild. Yeah, there's a tribe of men with four arms. Oh. <laughs> there's the blue one. Uh-huh. Or the red ones. I mean, the red twins. There's a dragon. It's, uh-huh. this, it's just... This is whole... where, she, in isolated Barbarian, she was... Um, uh, restraining herself. She's I, like, you know what? I'm gonna be a little freaky. I honestly think so. I think maybe she must have heard some f- constructive criticism <laughs> about Ice Planet Barbarian. She's like, you know what? Yeah, I shouldn't. We'll do less, make the consent clearer. Mm-hmm. We'll do less focus on like the sex trafficking. We'll make it more diverse. And we're just gonna go, ha- she's just gonna go nuts. And she did. She's she- like, so I hear you saying you like the sex. <laughs> <laughs> She went there. Yeah. So that's the one with the black girl you called Miss Wet and Wavy. <laughs> and she must have been listening to people because let me tell you, the lotion is a plot point in that book. I mean, it's got to be cold there, right? We get ashy like, in the winter. That's what she said. She's like, I'm not going out with ashy legs. I was like, who has been talking to Ruby Dixon? Who sensitivity read this for her? <laughs> who is she talking to? Thank you, Molly, for going on Thank this you, journey Dana. with me. I feel like it was asking a lot of you, but you were up to the task. <laughs> I mean, because this is not a typical Molly Reed. I just feel like, I don't know. That's, yeah, I, no I mean, you've introduced me to a lot of uh, different types of romance, really opened my eyes. I can't say that I really read any before you took me on this journey, and I feel like <laughs> this is the natural progression of it. I can't. Like I said, um, Black Chicklet, we do a lot of different genres, mm-hmm. and I absolutely plan to get you back with Urban Lit. <laughs> that's that's what I pay. That's what I pay the piper. This is the price you pay. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I, I kind of knew. Like I wasn't expecting to come in and be like, like, oh, this is terrible or anything. So I can't say that. You know, I knew that it was like very sex positive I knew that it was talking about issues of consent and all this kind of stuff so I don't think any of that surprised me if I had picked this up just out of the blue and read it I think I would have been like oh okay well but I think that you 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 pried me to what was important I don't think you could have prepared me for you know the baby bajord and three fingers (laughs) and the IUD falling out so and some things should just be a surprise. Some things you just need to encounter on your own. Just like your IUD falling out. Exactly. 
that's the start of this book. Uh, so where can the people find you, Molly, on the Twitter or not on the Twitter, but on the in general, I guess. Like yeah. not in real life because that's creepy, but yes. <laughs> Please don't come knocking on my door to discuss a review in real life. But uh, you can find me and Danielle. Um, our podcast is called Black Chick Lit. Um, you can find us. We're mostly active on Twitter at Black Chick Lit. Um, we're just constantly on there talking nonsense. Um, you can find us on, you know, wherever you find podcasts, um, Black Chick Lit. Um, and we also have uh, Instagram, BCL Podcast, BCL Pod. Is that what it is? Cast. BCL Podcast. BCL Podcast. Um, we have a website, blackchicklit.com, but pretty much if you check, if you click, if you go onto the internet, if you open up, <laughs> you know, Netscape or whatever you're using and type again, Black Chicklet, and scream at it, you're going to find us. We'll say exactly. hi back. Um, so, yeah, this was, this was fun. <laughs> Just different. I'm still it's- like... You know, you had two pages of outline, but I feel like there's so much here. Yes. And like my notes, I'm like, well, we can't, we can't get into all of it. I don't want to overwhelm people. Something, you just got to read it for yourself. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found any, like anything surprising on this journey? Uh, I found like people really like, people like different aspects of them. Okay. And so it's fun seeing what people like and what people think are crazy and bonkers and it's like everyone has a different opinion on like the spur. Everyone has a different opinion on the cooey. So it's just been fascinating to hear the diversity of thought surrounding this this piece, this series, this piece of literature. Okay. All right. So yeah. So I was surprised to hear that you think you would you would enjoy staying. Would you stay on the planet? Like you're on the planet. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, like hey, all he's ever doing is like making her tea and like running her baths, like. And then she's getting dick down real. Yes. Yeah. There's not even a question when I stay on this. Like if I had to, I, you, you know, maybe my other job would be chef and I would just teach them how to grill meat. Cause that's what I do now. I take baths. I grill like drink, some tea. I, drink some tea. You're saying I don't have to work. And this dude is going to like put my shoes on for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. Would I, would I be happy on this ice planet? <laughs> You're like, I'm already there. I'm already yeah. there in my, in my dreams. So cool. Because that's also been, some people are yay, some people are nay. So yeah. it's just interesting. That's yeah. fair to each their own. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you, dear listener, for listening. <laughs> this is going to be, this is one of our longer episodes. Um, we just start chatting. We, it's, I think it's just us. It's just what happens. It's just us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So uh, look forward to next the next episode we will be doing. See, this is what I should have had ready. The next one is Barbarian's Touch, which is one of the new girls. So it's one of the women from the tubes. I love it. I cannot wait to hear these. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so glad because I'm like, is this too nerdy? Am I just entertaining myself? Am I like... You know what I mean? Like sometimes like, yeah, you get niche, you being like a general you, like sometimes, you know, you as a person can get involved in something, but that doesn't mean other mm-hmm. people are interested. I think people are going to be into this, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so awesome. We did it. And Molly is free from this whole series. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to read anymore. <laughs> I'm definitely going to listen. And then awesome. I'll decide. 
So I said, I might check out this ice home. It looks spicy. <laughs> I The ice home, it's bonkers. Like I'm telling you. Four, <laughs> four armed men, dragons, clones, no clones. snow. You don't have to read about all that damn snow. <laughs> Is that what caught you was clones? <laughs> so, but yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking part. Thank you listener for listening and tune into the next episode. Yay. Bye. Bye. I told you, messy, 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 messy. We're two goofballs. Um, thank you again to Molly for joining me. Thank you, listener, for listening in. Um, I hope you all have been enjoying this podcast as much as I've been enjoying talking to people and recording and producing it. Um, if you can, I really do welcome feedback. I can't make the podcast better if I don't hear from you all. So again, thank you. Um, we will be joined next week by Melinda, who is on Twitter as at Melinda Edits. She is an administrator for Romance Sparks Joy, and she is a host on the Rom Book Pod. So it'll be a lot of fun. So I am very excited that it will be book seven, aka Lila's book, the one with the kidnapping. And I think we have a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you again. I hope you all have a great week and I will see you all in two weeks. Bye.